Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 74 of Is This Real Life? I'm doing a joint podcast today with Kirsty Moore from the Reality TV and Me podcast. It's her birthday when we record, so be sure to find her on social media and wish her a very happy birthday. I have a few updates before we get into this week's episode. First of all, I do not care that in the U.S. it is getting darker earlier and that the sun is setting at 4.30 p.m. because I believe it is the most wonderful time of the year. There are four Housewives franchises on at the same time. I am absolutely loving it. Also, the Pump Rules trailer came out. I cannot believe that Bravo is making me wait until 2020. Yes, January 7th is when it returns before I get to see my wonderful VPR cast on the big screen. There are three full-time new cast members. That includes Brett, Dana, and Max, who is TomTom's general manager. Also, Bo is officially joining the cast full-time. But you know who's not? Raquel. She's not on the opening credits. Kind of makes me a little bit sad for her. There are also a few other new faces, including Charlie and Danica, who are new servers at Sir. It looks like Sheena's the only cast member who's still, quote unquote, working at Sir, but that the other newer cast actually do work there. Should be really interesting. Jax is fighting with Tom Sandoval. Stassi and Katie are fighting with Kristen. Ariana seems to be struggling, but I'm not sure with what. James is partying too much. It sounds like Raquel's going to give him an ultimatum. And it sounds like Dana, the new cast member who works at Sir, hooks up with Max, Tom Tom's general manager, who also might be Sheena's love interest. So lots of interesting stuff to see on Pump Rules for this upcoming season eight. 
Camille Grammer is also back on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She tweeted it out this week. They've been shooting for a few months, and it sounds, we've heard rumors that there has not been very good footage, that the women are pretty much getting along and everything is really boring. So I think Camille is back to shake things up, and I hope she does, because I cannot handle another snooze fest where everyone gets along and nobody brings up each other's crap or lawsuits, and they all have some sort of agreement about what they say and don't say. I'm over that. And finally, Joe Giudici has been reunited with his family and his four kids in Italy. They've all gone to go see him. Gia posted a picture on social media um, that kind of warmed my heart that they're all together again. And while Kirsty and I don't recap The Real Housewives of New Jersey in this episode, I'm going to follow up at the end with my own recap. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow me on social media. You can find the podcast at ITRL underscore podcast, or you can find me in my personal Twitter at Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 74. I'm here with Kirsty Moore on her birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I get to celebrate with twice because it is the day <laughs> yeah, before exactly. your birthday in the U.S., but it's your birthday in Australia. So I'll celebrate with you now, and then tomorrow I'll just continue wishing you a happy birthday. Continue the celebrations. Well, thank you. That's why I'm sort of like, okay, well, for Australian listeners, it's today, which it won't be released today, 8th of November. <laughs> It'll be probably released on my birthday in America, which is tomorrow. So it's all very confusing. Oh, dear. Just for your birthday, Andy Cohn made sure that there were now four Housewives franchises going Mm -hmm. on at the same time. Oh, he brought it. I mean, and he did not disappoint. I watched, well, I've just got New Jersey, so I've only seen the first 15 minutes, but I watched Atlanta, Dallas, and OC yesterday. So I was feeling definitely in the spirit of celebration um, Leanne's wedding that kind of aided the whole celebratory experience in a very scary way. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I mean, thank you, our Lord and Savior Andy Cohen. <laughs> he really is. I am just so excited. Plus, Below Deck is on. There's just a lot of good shows happening. And I felt like the OC and Dallas have been a little bit, not duds, just not as exciting. And I think that Atlanta and Jersey are really going to bring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... Also wanted to mention that we had, we've just seen the Vanderpump Rules first sort of peak. It's, um, sorry, there's a cat trying to eat a box in my room. So if you hear some strange noises, that's all that is. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I have animal noises on my podcast all the time. Anyway, yes. So we've got the Vanderpump Rules trailer out um, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, I just shared it on my Insta story. So go check that out at, at Reality TV and me um, on Instagram. And, yeah, but otherwise, we've got a few new faces joining the Vanderpump Rules cast. There's been a little bit of uh, strange drama going on in the Bravo-verse this week as well. I'm not sure if you've seen 
like just I don't know what's going on it's like it's like Bravo's in heat yeah Um, well you know Mercury is really in retrograde right now okay so you explain that because you hear people say that all the time I have absolutely no idea what that means I don't really know (laughs) what it means but I looked it up and it started like not quite a week ago and it goes on for a full like number of weeks but I don't truly know what it means I believe something to do with the stars and where Mercury is and the I don't know but it's not, it's okay. supposed to be where things are kind of not aligned and therefore they go wrong. And so people say like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. But I actually looked it up and it really is happening. Well, things are so, so very wrong in the Bravoverse right now. I mean, did you see those? The pictures very exposed? of David Bedouin. Yeah. <laughs> David Bedour and his new girlfriend, I think she's since removed them, but she posted on Instagram and I shared it on my story, but it's gone now. Um, I'm sure you can still, if you, if your eyes can handle it, I'm sure you can still Google it. David Bedour and his girlfriend, do you know her name? It's uh, Leslie Cook. There you go. Um, and <laughs> her giant, things. giant breasts that literally are the size of a baby's head each. Um, are on show, they're holding each other in a warm embrace, completely buck naked. In the woods. In in the middle of the freaking woods. And there's and not just one, but there are two pictures, and it's separate <laughs> hikes because they're wearing different shoes. And in one are of the pictures, serious? her pants are all the way around her ankles. So, like, okay. she didn't fully take the pants off. No. See, I've, I'm a little concerned for you that you spend so long looking at... Oh, I didn't. I just <laughs> I actually like went straight that. to their shoes. <laughs> You're like, ah, my eyes got to get the boobs out of my, my face and down to the feet. <laughs> it was more his, like, butt and butt crack that I couldn't handle. His so I went straight to crack, the feet. His white, white butt. And his hair, that's what upset me the most. He's had that hair he's got for like a few months. long hair. Oh. Yeah, he's got the new young girlfriend. She's like my age. It's it's sad. It is. It's really, it just screams at midlife crisis. And I, look, I am sort of ashamed of myself in saying this because, look, I was repulsed by the image. Of course I was. And I did dry gag a little. But in saying that, I was also kind of attracted to David Bajor in this photo shoot. Really? I don't know. I have issues with men, okay? I'm just putting that <laughs> straight off the bat. <laughs> hey, we've gotten into Jersey, and I think Joe Gorga's hot. And I Joe have, Gorga is hot. But I've never been into guys like him at all right he's well, I mean he's misogynistic as all hell but yet still charming somehow I don't know how he pulls it off I think because he truly does love his wife and kids mm-hmm. like truly yeah you're right I mean I, I the only scene and we're not going to go into New Jersey too much because we've got heaps to cover and um, I haven't seen the whole episode but I did see him talking to Melissa and saying that she's looking younger and younger and hotter and hotter. And I was like, oh, I just love their their love and their like they're just so attracted to each other. Look, teenagers, it's it's life and it's never changed over the course of the entire season series. It's sweet. And he just thinks everything she does is is great. So 
I love that. My dad always would tell my mom how great of a cook she was. And she knew she was not that great of a cook. (laughs) The rest of the family knew. She was like, okay. She had some great dishes, you know, but nothing to write home about. And every single meal, he'd be like, this is amazing. And she's like, what is wrong with you? And now, um, so she passed away and he was cooking for himself for a while. And his food was really bad because he's super healthy and he doesn't like any use any oil or butter or spice. So it's just like really, really bland and overcooked. And now he has a girlfriend and they cook together. And he started doing the same thing where Aww. he's like, you make the best chicken. <laughs> She's just like, are you See, kidding me? <laughs> I think that's amazing because I've realized that my love language is compliments. So if I was with a man like that, and even if I knew they were just like blowing smoke up my ass, it would be a love that would last. The thing is, it, he means it. It's so, so funny. But I think it's compared to when he cooks on his own because he refuses <laughs> to make anything good. Now that he cooks with her and he's just like, I'm the sous chef. I'm the sous chef. So she's like instructing him what to do. And then he's complimenting her on how great the food is. She's like, well, you made oh. it too. He's like, no, oh not God, without so you. <laughs> It's very sweet. Salt, like a little salt and a little olive oil. And he's like, whoa, this is amazing. I know. He, (laughs) I'm telling you, and she's into spice and he's afraid of spice. It's, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's fun to, it's, (laughs) but I remember being like, this is weird, dad. Like, why are you? But I think he was just so happy that he was being fed. (laughs) Oh, he's so cute. I love that. He's such a cutie. Um, and I think George Joe Gorga's a cutie. And and you, for whatever reason, like David Bedores. And he's a bit of a, like, flat ass. A bit of, a, like, a pancake flat. Yeah, I don't and know. I, speaking I don't... of someone whose ass is, like, somewhat flat. <laughs> I noticed it. So sure. Like, it's not – I have to make it clear. It's not his personality. It's not even necessary. I don't know. I just found – maybe it's, like, the raw magnetism of just being, like – yeah, like let's just take our clothes up in the woods and have some strange passerby take a photo of us. Because <laughs> somehow this occurred. Do you think was, they had like a tripod? I am hoping it was something like that. I'm hoping there was a timer involved and they didn't just like grab another hiker and be like, um, excuse me, can you just take us take a quick pic? And then eventually they just like stripped off. And um, yeah, that would have been very, very uncomfortable. What do you call someone that went to the University of Southern California? Is it a Trojan? They're tro. Oh, I don't know. Because I'm from Australia. Him <laughs> and Shannon were both really big into USC sports, okay. and they would talk about it a lot. And I think she also graduated from there, but maybe twenty years like difference (laughs) and she posted something like when with a trojan in the woods or something that referred to something that they had in common over a college and i was like that's the shit that he used to bond with shannon over oh that's so wrong right what a dick he's such a piece of shit i could be wrong on this i didn't spend that much time but i did look at the caption I completely believe everything you've just said. <laughs> and, I hope it's like, true. it doesn't even matter because he's a disgusting human being anyway. And um, I just had a lapse in judgment being uh, attracted to him for a split second. But now that I remember his slimy, 
skeezy ways he can rot in hell, and I would love that very much. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of these guys need to rot in hell. Jim Edmonds. Oh, uh, well, Shane, let's get into your OC seeing as we're here. Yes. Shane is another one that I could easily, like, uh, just put away and never see again and be very happy with that. He is a piece of work. So I think I figured out their marriage. Please. Um, and it's not really me that's figured it out. It's more that I've listened to clues. Emily okay. and him have an arrangement where he is a wonderful father and a shitty husband, and she accepts mm-hmm. it. And that's that. I think you're 100% right. I think she has accepted it for so long. And I think now that she's witnessing it back in season one, and she's become more aware of it, or her first season, sorry, I think she's starting to find it harder and harder to ignore. So I think it's going to be, I don't know, I think it's going to be the demise of their relationship now that she's, you know, when you see something back to you or when you go to therapy and you, you, you know, you, you've been doing something the same way for your whole life and you know it's not really working, but then somebody kind of pulls you up on it and explains it, then you cannot go back from learning that information. You can't pretend to yourself that you're not doing it anymore. And I think that's kind of where she's at. And I don't think she's going to be able to ignore it for much longer because she's in pain. Like she is is. in emotional and physical pain. Like she is not, the reason she's having inflammation and arthritis is not because of her weight. Like, let's just put that out there. You saw her on that freaking stand up boogie board or whatever it's called. My God. She's so beautiful. She is the hottest woman on this entire cast. Like that body I love that body. That's what I find to be beautiful. A girl could dream of having an ass like that. Like, she got that Kardashian booty and the flat tummy. Like, I'm all about her whole body. It's so gorgeous. And that's not a body that is putting weight on joints. Those joints are inflamed. And I'm telling you this as a nutritionist. They're inflamed from stress, from being married to that tiny little horrible little man. And she's busy. (laughs) like cooking for the family and kind of when Tamara and Addie were asking her what she eats it's like she forgets to eat and then she'll like stuff her face with whatever she can you know probably her kids snacks you know what else does she have hanging around the house she's taking care of three children I think all of whom are under five which can you imagine the stress of that plus her stepchildren which are with them half the time and then her husband which is basically a child and while he's good with the kids it sounds like that's what she keeps saying whatever but Mm. he's so crappy to her and she seems to have accepted it in some way because when she was on watch what happens live and she was asked about the relationship she said they were not getting divorced and then on the yeah. after show, Bronwyn said, like, they kind of have this arrangement. Makes me sad for her because I think she could be, like, such a joyful person if she wasn't with him. And she could really live her best life. But I think you're right. I think they've just kind of accepted that this relationship. And I would even question whether or not he is a good dad. Because what kind of good dad fucks off for 10 days to study, in inverted commas, for the bar exam in a hotel room and doesn't check in with the kids ever. Like, that is 
that's wrong. So, right. and he didn't even pass. So, fuck him. And even one step beyond that, if you see your father not treat your mother well, with disdain, right. with disrespect, pushing a bread basket on her when she says she's trying to lose that weight and has an arthritis problem, like, what does that show to his children about how to model a relationship? Yeah, he's a bully. He really is. And I just think, yeah, he's he's just not a nice guy. He's a, a nasty little worm of a man, and I could do without him, and I think she should divorce him. And I think we will see that. I hope we will see that as the seasons go on. Yeah. Speaking of nasty little men on this show. And speaking of bullies. Matt, oh, well, Matt. Yeah. Yes. Matt. Matt calling Gina selfish. Girl, you should have seen my face. I almost threw my laptop out of the window. I was so mad. Hey, I, I can't believe Matt, of all people, is calling Gina selfish in this situation. Are you kidding me? He he manipulates her. That's what he's yeah. been doing forever. He cre- creates a scenario where she's the one who's at fault always in every situation. And when she said that she wanted to go to Palm Springs with another guy who she was dating, but she was afraid of telling him. And then she was like, well, he comes in hot. You know, he's hot tempered. And mm-hmm. I just, you can't help but think like, well, you know, a few months from now, he's going to get arrested for beating exactly. you. Exactly. So yeah. it's coming it's in a little so, too hot there. A little, a little too hot. Too hot. But what is wrong yes. with her? I mean, I know she's got young kids. And I know she's <laughs> being like manipulated, but still get it together. Yeah, she's she's uh she's lost it. She um she's really hanging on by a thread and you know, these kids look really sweet. I don't like, you know, the, again, they three young kids on, at a certain age. I mean, that is a tough situation and I, she's heartbroken and she's, you know, dealing with this DUI and she's living in this tiny casita without any furniture. I mean, I don't know what's happening, but it's not good. I really want her to, you know, be just find a little bit more steady ground. And if that means running away and going on a little trip with a sexy new man, then do it, girl. Get yours. And don't take that asshole back. I just think I don't like her. I don't like her either, but I want better for her than it. I want better. Yeah, better than what she has now. But I don't think she's a good person deep down. I feel like she turned on Emily this season in favor of Tamara who's just a horrible human Ooh, being. What a witch. Yes. I mean, I'm so glad these women have finally, after what, 14 seasons, discovered that Tam- Tamra is the manipulator of all of this freaking drama um, and and really turning around. I'm so glad when the um, the train thing came out as, as her bringing that up rather than Vicky, like that was... Uh, Kelly Kelly's face really she was hearing that for the first time and she was like wait hang on a second Tamara said that everything comes back to, to Tamara. Tamara and the it's just all of it's so frustrating because I think in modern day they still went back to her you know right. she's like an abusive friend 
And everyone mm-hmm. just goes back to her. Shannon goes back to her. Bronwyn's trying to get in her good graces. When you see Bravo After Show and they ask questions, they say, oh, Kelly gets away with so much. You know, and I know Tamara, Gina said, I know Tamara in real life. And it's like, I don't care. She is a yeah. crappy person. And I don't even think she likes the show. I think she is... It's so obvious that she's just trying to drum up drama for the show and it's not mm-hmm. being done in a smart or clever way. And I'm just over it. I think they, they're scared of her. I mean, if you're on her bad side, which is very hard not to be because she's such an angry person, um, then she will let you know about it and bring everyone into the drama that she's created. I mean, that the stuff her and Shannon like twist I don't even know how they get there that I mean it was very clear to me I don't like Bronwyn either but it was very clear to me that she was trying to defend Kelly last week at that lunch and they just twisted it into this place where oh Bronwyn's the one bringing up all of this shit about you talking behind your back blah 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 I mean, it was absolutely insane the way they got there. They're just shit stirrers and they want to own the show and they want to be able to control everybody, you know, like do the little play the pieces of the game. It's really hard to watch. They're horrible people. And Kelly's right. They're not there to be her friends at all. It's just weird because they clearly, like Beverly Hills, have some sort of agreement about what's said on camera and what's not said on camera and Tamara Mm. definitely when she mentioned the thing about Kelly getting into a bar fight and then Shannon brought it up and then she's like well Shannon brought up you were getting in a bar fight and she's like well that's because you told me Tamara and that also was on camera so (laughs) and then you know Kelly's like don't say that that's actually a lawsuit don't bring that up. We've kind of like looking at them like we've all agreed not to bring up that kind of stuff. Um, in which case, I'm like, well, to hell with that. They should all bring up everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just, Tamara is so messy. And I just want to see Shannon get out from under her spell. But I don't think it'll happen. I think it'll happen for one or two episodes. And then mm-hmm. she'll go back to Tamara. And Tamara will read whatever she needs to do with the narrative I don't know what she holds over these women, but Gina in particular and Shannon are just eating out of her palm. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get the new girls on side. That's what Vicky used to do as well. But Shannon, like Shannon is, um, just before we move on, I mean, she's a nutcase in her own right. I mean, one if there was one thing I had to pick out that just makes Shannon the worst human being ever, and there's so many things, Brocky, broccoli, cauliflower, rice. Come on. Could you hate yourself more? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she drug tests her kids. I was thinking about it, but the broccoli rice is so much more upsetting to me. <laughs> They're both horrible, and I'm like, look, you're leading your kids to anorexia and you're leading your kids to be drug addicts if you're doing those behaviors in front of them. And I am speaking from someone who was both an anorexic and a drug addict. And my parents did not 
cook broccoli fucking rice in front of me and it's <laughs> girl be careful <laughs> oh and her kids are so sweet they seem so well adjusted for the parents that they have oh and especially sophie i love sophie i just i mean they're just one like second away from rebelling into a bad place if she keeps this shit can you imagine your mom drug testing you no Oh, it's upsetting. There was one moment that made me really smile, though, because when she was reading off the drugs and then she's like, meth, and then she's like, meth, mom, meth. Like, it's clear (laughs) I'm not on meth. And they were all laughing like that kind of like Shannon was laughing like hard, like a kind of laugh that you share just with a parent you're close with. Yeah, That was really sweet. You can tell they love her, uh, but she just doesn't know how to I don't know it's like come on just have some trust with your kids and have yeah, conversations exactly. with them and don't you know don't test their urine it's completely unnecessary <laughs> you know you can talk to them well, you don't have to know. like <laughs> you know like I don't know just have conversations and of all the drugs that they would be exposed to meth yeah, is yeah, not the one 14 yeah <laughs> You know, like talk to them about pot, maybe cocaine, Molly, whatever the kids are doing these days and how where they'll encounter it and what people will say and why it's not good for their young developing brains. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Shannon. Well, let's get into uh, some. Should we get into some Atlanta? First episode of season 12. Oh, my God. Atlanta. So I have to be honest. I've seen the first four uh, four seasons of Atlanta mm-hmm. and the last four seasons, I think, okay. or three. But there are a few I'm missing, including some pivotal seasons that involve Kenya. So I don't know a lot of the backstory with Kenya. I mean, I know her whole she's into twirl and she's always kind <laughs> of been fighting Nini to be the top dog. But... I don't know That's everything. That's all you really need to know. She's pretty insane. And I'm hoping that, you know, she was saying, oh, motherhood, you know, it changes you. It softened me. I'm hoping that that lasts about one to two episodes and then we get the crazy Kenya back because she's a wild card. And it kind of looks like when we get the overview of the season that that we will get the parts of Kenya that we need I am worried about this season for myself personally because I, uh, my listeners all know I am not one for the children. That whenever there's too many children on a cast, it really bugs me. And this is there's too many babies, too many pregnant cast members. It's uh, for me. I can see I'm going to struggle this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Look, this is no reflection on my real life, but I like my housewives drinking on a holiday I like them able to get drunk and get loose and eat a soft cheese or a sushi (laughs) 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 I want them to be having fun and causing drama so I I don't know one episode in it's good energy so far but that's my big concern is the entire episode was just baby 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 I think that's just because what's happening, but I don't think – so there is, for me, a difference between babies and children because babies don't talk, and therefore they can't steal scenes. 
and they can't take away from the women during scenes. When the little kids, like Emily's kids, are trying to talk or somebody, you know, with little kids, right. you know, especially Gina's, those kids are, they talk too much. Mm-hmm. I want them silent, you know, unless yes. they're going to be really, really adorable, like how Ace was, where he asked if, so Candy um, has a surrogate, and he asked if they were going to buy his oh. sister at the store. The store, the, oh. that Ace is adorable and can do no wrong. But yes, I actually, that you make a good point. I mean, what age do you, do you, does it become cruel to give a child a dummy? Like, can we... <laughs> And we just plug them up. So funny. <laughs> I I just, I appreciated the little babies because all they're going to be doing, the moms are just like changing their diapers and carrying them around and feeding them. But they're still, you know, even with baby Brooklyn, when Kenya went to go meet Cynthia and they got cookies, that was still mm-hmm. a great scene. They weren't only talking about the baby. The baby just happened no, to right. be there. So I, I have hope for this season. Also... Candy's not pregnant, so she can drink, but she chooses not to. Yeah, Candy has never really been a big drinker anyway, so I guess that won't change too much for her. And to be honest, Portia last season was her best season ever, and she was pregnant the whole time. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I feel so sorry for Portia. Like, she was on cloud nine. Oh, my God. And you can just see, I've never seen her so flat before and it it's really it's like I can just imagine being so so high being was she married engaged in love anyway engaged to, yeah engaged to this who she thinks is this you know the love of her life she completely implicitly trusts despite being told all of these rumors she is pregnant she's starting the family of her dreams and then we find out he's been sleeping with somebody the entire time like, Plus oh. some other rumors, including cocaine and bestiality, which... What's that? Because I, I think I must have tuned out to write a note <laughs> in my phone. And then I hear bestiality <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've misheard that. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. I, I mean, they're rumors. So I, I'm sure he spent time at very coke-fueled parties where really crazy things happen. I doubt he was involved in things that were that bad such as taking advantage of poor animals. That's horrible and weird and whatever. But the whole thing was so sad. And the part that broke my heart was when the producer, they broke the fourth wall and you heard the producer asking, like, why won't you talk about it to Portia? Mm, And she said, because I'm embarrassed. And that's so sad sad because she knows that she should have asked more questions, that she should have listened to what people were telling her about his past, and she refused. And that's on her in in some way, shape, or form that she refused to kind of listen to any of that. Yeah. And she she knows that. I don't blame her. I mean, she was in love and... He was telling her everything she wanted to hear, and he was acting really great. But you know, and that that part exactly hurt. that that was really that was really sad. Yeah, I and the, what made me mad again another time that I just wanted to throw my computer computer out the window. First of all, what is wrong with these freaking men? I'm infuriated by the men throughout all of these series. 
so far, but he thinks he can just send her 200 roses and it's going to take away from cheating and alleged bestiality coke binges. <laughs> like, fuck off, Dan. <laughs> I can't even take it seriously. But, you it's know, so I think weird. he's never been married before, and that's probably for a reason, because he didn't have a lifestyle that was conducive to a monogamous marriage. And... He always yeah. said he was a bit of a playboy and he was saying mm-hmm. he wanted to settle down, but wanting to settle down, which I think he did. And actually the actions of it, if you've been doing something different for the last however many decades of your life, it takes, you know, some discipline that I don't think he has. Yeah, no, I think you're right. A hundred percent. Oh, I think they're Portia. back together in real life. Really? I yeah. hadn't heard that. Okay. Well. I think he spends a lot of time trying to work. So I hope that she holds strong and forces him to really pick up the pieces and improve himself and be a good dad and be a good husband. So we'll see. You know, that's her Does choice. he have other kids? No. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, hope there's still chance that fatherhood could change him and make him into a better person. So, look, we can just hope so you said you didn't, uh, you may not have seen all of Kenya in her glory. So I want to explain to you how insane this scene between Cynthia Fittisant and uh, Kenya was when she was, you know, when they were talking about um, uh, Cynthia being desperate for this marriage proposal, which she is. She openly admits she's thirsty and it is tough to watch. Like, it's making me uncomfortable, but I get it. She is 50. She wants to just do this thing. Um, Kenya was the gal for about three seasons that would, be, like, was so, so desperate for a man to propose and put a baby in her that it scared away every single man she ever dated. Like, this is the reason she was single until she was in her 50s, because she was living as Cynthia is right now but Cynthia's kind of playing with it Kenya was like scary eyes like why won't you love me kind of mm-hmm. energy so for me to sit there and watch her say you just gotta wait for the man to propose when he's ready was wild that's and so I don't funny. believe it's it, like I mean come on girl yeah I also feel like Cynthia's doing it a bit tongue in cheek. It's a bit of a yes, joke. I think so too. For her. Yeah. Like she's trying on wedding dresses. She's putting it on Instagram and she's <laughs> tagging her boyfriend. <laughs> like he he clearly wants to marry her too. He was very yeah. clear about that. He just wants the element of surprise to still be there. So if she would shut up for a few minutes, he could find a good time to surprise her and propose. Right. Exactly. Whereas Kenya's like on a first date being like, why oh, haven't we proposed yet? <laughs> Kenya. Oh, no, it was really, it was really sad, but you know, yeah. then, she, then she met Mark and now that's sort of, I don't know, falling by the wayside. I don't, all of these things, this is why I love these shows so much. You just, it never ends at the happy ending. There is no freaking fairy tale. And then you watch it. Like if if Porsche Porsche's life or Kenya's life was a fairy tale, it would have ended with the baby and that beautiful like the engagement or the marriage, and then we get to see real life unfolds, and that's what all of us experience—the ups and downs and the shitstorm of life. 
There you go. You can put that on a pillow if you like. <laughs> Sit down and shit sort of way. <laughs> I, one of my favorite scenes in this episode was actually with Cynthia and Mike Hill, hashtag chill, where first of all, she poured him a glass of wine to bring to him in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she drinks half of the wine before bringing it to him. And he's like, where'd all the wine go? Um, girl yeah. is thirsty. And <laughs> then when they're sitting and discussing the marriage proposal and how he wants it to be a surprise, he's like, why are you wearing that wig? You know, you know, I like you natural. Oh, this is so good. And then she just pulls off her wig. It was amazing. Girl is, she is one of the most stunning human beings I've ever seen on television. She's beautiful. Ever. Yeah. I mean, those cheekbones. She's a model. I mean, she's a worldwide supermodel. And she's mm-hmm. in her early 50s, and she looks better than I ever will look. I mean, she's yeah. incredible, and I loved watching her and her natural hair. I just She just ripped off that way. And to be honest, I was really happy he said something about it because it was bugging me too. It was reminiscent of um, oh my Katie, God, Katie. betraying me. <laughs> Katie Rose, <laughs> yeah, on Potomac, yes. Wig. It, the wig and was, I'm like, like clearly not well-fitted. Because she was able no. to pull it off so quickly, yeah, too. Yeah, she obviously, like, put it on just for the scene and was planning on getting it off. And I, I laughed so much. I loved it, too. And just getting to see her natural hair and her natural beauty, um, it was really nice. And I sort of liked the same with Portia in the first scene we saw her in. Uh, she had... I don't know if the short hair is her natural hair. She had that little bob, but she wasn't wearing all of the Porsche makeup and she had more of a natural look. And that was really nice to see as well. It's a shame that it took her being, you know, it's probably more of like a depression face. Than... And also a new mom face. Well, yeah, that too. Of course, she was saying she she hadn't had any sleep. Speaking of moms, her mom looked phenomenal with that sort of um purple. Like lavender. Yeah, I hair. love that. Her, her mom, mom is has... gorgeous. And does she have a plastic band or something? Because she's lost like two of her body weight. I don't know. She's tiny now compared to like when we first saw him. That might have been um, when you were when you were when I was not watching. <laughs> yeah, but she honestly she has lost like an entire person. She looks. I mean, she's beautiful, and I like her personality. Beautiful. What I've seen so far, she's not like she's trying to be on TV like all these other moms. It's like she's on TV because Portia's on TV, whereas all these other mothers, yeah. on these franchises, they're. Daughters are housewives because of the moms. The moms drove right. them crazy and then forced them to, like, make them be on this show. It's insane. Yeah, no, she seems like a real mom, like a real good a mom. A real one. I liked it. It's funny because Atlanta, I started watching it a few years ago, and I was like, I need to go back. So I went back, and I was able to get through four seasons. But that's a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot that's of a lot time. Of done well. So, so I haven't gone to- the whole way through, but I very much appreciate those early seasons. Um, one other thing was we need to talk about sincerely. Sincerely, yes. <laughs> so sincerely rocks up accidentally at um, the old Andy's lady gang. Restaurant. Yeah, she's the OLG. woman. They keep showing just, like this vlogger. I don't yes, know who the vlogger is. I need to that. figure this Have out. They keep that? showing this vlogger who's talking about Dennis and he's cheating on a woman named Sincerely. And so the Sincerely yeah. shows up at the old lady gang, of course. 
and she's fully made up and, she, and you know, as if she didn't <laughs> know that they were filming that day, like fully made up, looks gorgeous, accidentally just bumped into the girls. Okay, I'm suspending my disbelief. And then she drops the bomb that she's never met Dennis, let alone slept with him repeatedly for, you know, uh, their entire relationship that he's been having with Portia. Look, what do you think? I don't know what to think. I don't think she's lying. She seemed genuine to me. Yeah. But I think yeah. he is definitely still a cheater. Oh, Maybe yes. just and not that's, that's what Portia, so at the end of the episode, so <laughs> this is amazing. Kenya throws her seven-month-old daughter a sort of coming-out party where everyone has to dress <laughs> as a doll or a Barbie uh, where she puts her daughter in a little Barbie mini convertible, like for a toddler, Wild. but the kid can barely hold its neck up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know if this is like approved, Ooh. guideline approved for like transportation for so infants. Wild. But <laughs> she, uh, when they, <laughs> of course, I go you back to I'm like picturing. what the, the regulations are for transporting infants. <laughs> I am just picturing if anyone has seen The Hills Have Eyes, this is going back years like a decade in horror movie history and there is this it's about like all these people that get poisoned in their town so a lot of people with body disformities are born and there's this little tiny man in a wheelchair and his head is as big as his body and it just has a lean over the side a little bit and he wheels around on his wheelchair that's what what you're imagining like a horror film this morning yeah with somebody with like a really enlarged head and his head's too big for his neck and he's just like ah kill me (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying that brooklyn looks like that no but babies heads are unusually large compared to the rest of their bodies (laughs) they have alien hair yeah (laughs) that's why they can't walk early on because their heads are too heavy they can't hold them up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this party they end up because of kenya's messiness approaching portia and telling her that sincerely says that she's never met dennis and isn't that good news and portia's like no because that was never what i was concerned about it wasn't her it was somebody else and that broke my heart because i know that that that's true how is that good news? I was, she was, Kenya's like, yeah, I've got some good news for you. I'm, Girl, you twisted. What? <laughs> well, I think maybe she thought like, I don't know, that she threw Dennis out because of this one claim. Yeah. And that mm. this one person never even knew him. So how could it be possible? But you know, Portia and you know how much she was dead set on this relationship and this family yeah. that she would never throw him out over some claim made by a vlogger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she there wasn't were listening. lots of claims it, She had around. to figure it out herself. Yeah. Mm. So sad. I loved when she goes, um, I don't know who she was talking to, maybe Candy. or Some of the girls came in to talk to her, and she's like, you better grab somebody's baby for protection. Because <laughs> she was so mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what was the deal with Ava not bringing her kids because she didn't know Kenya Ooh. like that? She must have watched a few seasons back because that twirl girl is she crazy? Like she is. You're gonna want. You're gonna want to grab your ponytail and hit somebody with it. Because <laughs> I honestly, I wouldn't be bringing my babies to, to Kenyon's house for a first meetup. Oh, I wouldn't really? be doing it. 
But I think it's uh, I think it's going to be an issue. Like that is so rude, right? I can I, imagine if somebody said I that would about me. Be very offended. And I, it's like, what is she really going to do? They're babies. They're kids. <laughs> She's not going to hurt a kid. It's a I family know, event. Exactly. It's a family event. Speaking you guys. of family events, Leanne's wedding. You Ooh, ready to move yeah. on to Dallas? Let's get in. Oh my to God. $1.5 million tiara. <laughs> that wedding was so Leanne. It was, it was so Leanne. Every little bit down mm-hmm. to the fact that they didn't serve their guest dinner, <laughs> that she <laughs> showed ran up. Out of there water. was a five hour difference between when the ceremony was held and when the reception started and everyone just had to figure out what to do in between. Oh Lord. Everything. That's so long. Just so not thinking about her guests. It was about what she wanted. And that's fine. It's it's her wedding. But I still think there should have been more than a charcuterie plate and cupcakes. That was just, it was, so I would have been furious. And, like, I have blood sugar issues. And if I didn't get enough food, I would have, I would have been freaking, I would have been a lunatic. But I would be, like, grabbing handfuls of that cake and smashing it into my face. But, if like, I'm okay. First of all, I read on some, I don't know what it was, some blog or some Facebook page, somebody made mention that if there is a five-hour gap between venues, uh, between this wedding and ceremony and reception, that is probably something to do with, like, getting a major venue discount. And, look, we all saw how Leanne scrounged for that dress it was very uncomfortable and I think this was probably another one of those things where it's like yes you can have the venue but someone's in right before you so when like you gotta wait a, a few hours and then we'll get it cleaned up and we'll have it set up for you and you can have it I wouldn't it, put it like, it was on a Saturday night and it was around 7 p.m. It, but I reckon someone had a day wedding and they uh, just like they were able to float straight in. Maybe they left out left at five. And I don't know, that's just so just a little bit of a rumor, but I wouldn't put it past her. I thought and it was goes, because where she got married, that specific church is a very unusual church, and I thought maybe they would only have availability in the middle of the day. Oh, I don't know. That was my thing because I thought it was weirder to have the ceremony so early rather than the reception late. Right. Yeah, it could be that as well. Definitely. Lots of uh, scenarios, potential reasons. Either way, uh, she suggests the five-hour gap is because she wants to stoop her husband. Look, I do not know what stoop means, but one can hazard a guess. And I mean, five hours is a lot of work. 15 minutes and you're good to go. I mean, let's just get the photos done, have a stoop and get on with it. (laughs) It's so funny. It actually used to be so in traditional Jewish weddings um, and maybe in certain ones still, but not the ones I've gone to. There is a period of time where after the ceremony, before the, um, the married couple goes to the reception, they have time alone in a room. And it used to be to do that. But now there's, yeah, to consummate the marriage before going into the reception. That is so gross. 
I think oh I think God, maybe so someone's someone's gonna read like call me out on this not being true. But what it's used <laughs> for now, at least what my family and a bunch of other families I know that do this, is it's a time for them to be by themselves to take in the moment. And usually there's food in the room and a lot of people don't eat at their own weddings because they're so I like busy. That. And so it's like I they like have some food, they like take in the moment just together, just 10, 15 minutes while everyone is just getting their cocktails and kind of starting the reception. And I think it's a really nice, a nice thing. Now, five hours is something mm-hmm. else. And when you ask all these people to get babysitters, ugh. No. You know? No. Can we talk about their vows? Please, because I, I cried. Yes, but in, in saying that, I have not slept well the last few days, and I think I was very tired. No, it was. <laughs> they were emotional. They were really emotional. I, for the first time, felt that <laughs> their love was real. Yes, and that Rich actually loved her back very much. Yes, he's so he he's so old fashioned with this like misogynistic, sexist, like funny guy shtick that he pulls. You know, where oh, I have to walk the green mile, or you know, well you're already getting a foot long, like all this disgusting shit and flirting with, well, talking to guys about other girls and stuff on your freaking wedding day. But this made me think, okay, he does really love her and care about her. And it, it, I make it like that. I think that's what made me cry. I, I thought it was beautiful. Speaking of him talking about other girls. So someone mentioned that on my like Twitter feed. And mm-hmm. I wrote back that because he was mic'd and he wasn't trying to hide, he was saying it, that he was saying it almost in a joking sense. Yeah. And, Lynn Leanne chimed in. <laughs> Ooh, girl. And she was like, he was joking. Travis was egging him on. So I didn't think that they were set. I, I felt like the context was like missing, but it was not something that Leanne or anyone would be upset over. But and the, you can tell, like, he makes those kinds of jokes to yeah. her and chill. To her, yeah, totally. Like, he, like they, that's their humor. It's yeah. not my humor, but, like, it, it, they get each other. And, and look, it's been 10 years almost, so yeah, they know each other better than I know them, I think, I love at this that stage. he said that we come from the land of misfit toys but have both managed to fix each other up. That was so yeah. beautiful. And then, but then he also joked that he said that he would never be bored with her because being married mm-hmm. to Leanne would be like being married to five women at once. Yeah, she's like only five. <laughs> <laughs> they they had a good time. The only awkward part was when she kept saying like, "When I was, you know, young, I never felt loved or accepted as a child." Oh. And then they show her mom and and her mom kept bringing it up during the reception was like you know she was loved as a child I don't I wish she would get it out of her head that she wasn't loved and her mom because I like her mom seems likable to me but this is my perception and I don't know anything about the mom but I think they both are just like mentally ill and it for whatever reason, it's really hard for them to understand each other's uh, where each other is coming from. Therefore, it seems like they're like missing each other constantly, but they both must just have different ways of expressing. I don't know their emotions. Yeah, I don't fully trust her mom. I think okay. Leanne is over the top and spends a lot of time talking about the trauma that she's experienced in a way 
that sometimes tries to like suck all the energy out of the room. Right. On purpose. Like she uses her story almost as a weapon. uh, So no one else can have as much trauma as she's had. And I don't think that's good. But I don't, I don't not believe her that all those things happened. And her mom was very young when she had her. She was very dismissive of her, would leave her at her grandma's. And it sounded like her grandma was a wonderful figure, but wasn't there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so then she would, her mom would leave and she would run away, run to try and follow her mom. And it's. Oh my God. When have you, I don't listen at all. (laughs) Oh, this was because they did therapy together. Her and her mom went to a therapist and she said, I would run and chase you. And her mom was like, I would cry in the car after leaving. And Leanne on a podcast said, that's a lie because she would follow her mom and her mom just took off. And I mean, that's a sad thing for a kid to experience. But her mom was kind of a kid when she had Leanne. And the fact that she exposed Leanne to that many men who were coming in to their trailer and sleeping overnight and then the men going into Leanne's area and assaulting her. Like that's her mom didn't protect her. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, her mom put those situations. I, I don't want to blame the mom for what the men did, but you know, if it happened once and Leanne said anything, then the mom should have (laughs) never allowed another man in, you know, it just, it's sad. And I think, her mom just doesn't want to look bad. And it didn't seem like the other family members who were there, like her cousin, seemed that happy to see the mom. Yeah. Which also that's was telling true. to me. That was a really interesting moment. And you're right. I sort of didn't put two and two together. But now that I'm thinking back, that was a really tense interaction with the cousin. Yeah. It was really awkward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she was like, I didn't get to see you enough. And the cousin's like, yeah. You know what <laughs> else really was like really awkward? Was what? Carrie and her husband going to dinner. Oh, I don't like Eduardo. I don't like him. I don't know how I feel about either of them. But they yeah. definitely, like, it's almost like he feels like he's being tricked into being on camera. Because he seems yes, like he's censoring what he's too. saying. And so I don't know how much he's acting, like when he acts kind of like a jerk, I don't know how much of it is just him not being that comfortable being on camera or feeling like he can't really say what he really wants to because there are cameras there. He seems more aware of them. And she's just trying to make this like storyline about financial stuff and how he has controls the financials. And there's some underlying thing, like I think she kind of uses him for his money and Mm. i mean when he said do you really have to go on this trip the trip is being paid for by bravo but it sounds like he pays for a lot of her stuff yeah (laughs) i would bet that he pays for her business because it's not like her jewelry business is making money no it's like an erica jane situation at the moment she's definitely being funded and she's expecting to be able to pay him back but i mean it's hard to have a successful jewelry business so yeah but erica jane did like make something of herself by going on the show and through the money she generated she i think she's able to keep her 
like enterprise afloat. It's like a self-funding thing. Like she makes money from her tours. I don't know. I went to her show. There were people there. Like there were definitely people. And she makes money from being on the show. You know, good money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think while it originally was like Tom and she helped him, you know, she was you know they were married for decades they've been married oh yeah and she will be wiping that butt yeah like in a week's time he is on death's door (laughs) (laughs) but like I think she was much smarter and and I think he believes in her and her wit and her dreams and her ideas because she's so smart whereas Carrie is kind of like I want to have this jewelry thing and it's like I just don't feel like she's going to get it off the ground. Like I haven't really seen other than a couple beads what it looks like. It doesn't (laughs) seem appealing. I usually want to buy everything these people are selling from a Sonia toaster oven to a, you know, go into a cabaret show. Like I will go and spend money on these ladies products, but she's not doing a good job. No, no, she's not. And yeah, I, I, it made me uncomfortable watching her with her daughter and you could, and she's like, yes, yeah, yes, both daughters, both. They, were, they don't believe in their mom either. Like it was, it, they're it was annoyed by her. The screen. They, yeah, something is wrong with her, her that they are frustrated with having to be on film with their mom. Do you think that's what it is? I just kind of felt like, her mom must just have been talking about trying to make money from this jewelry line for like what probably 20 years and they're just like yes mom we know you're going to be rich one day you're going to have a jewelry line like they do not have faith in this at all finally we've got to get uh wrapping this up but we're heading to bangkok yes but it's not next episode it's like two episodes next episode they're going to medieval times which do you know what that is yeah. No, I just thought that was like the, the style of the party. No, That's actually a place. It's a place. Um, <laughs> like, it reminds me, it's kind of, do you know what the Renaissance Fair is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that it's kind of thing. Kind yeah. of like that. So it's so funny. My cousin, my cousin, whose birthday also is the same day as yours, they have an au pair oh. from Argentina who's 20 and they went to the Renaissance Fair with her and she thought the entire time everyone was recreating like a castle and a king and a queen that all used to really exist. And at the end, my cousin's like, oh, no, this is completely made up. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) what is it for? It's always just just made up for someone's birthday. It's like going back to like what Americans idea of quote unquote medieval times is. (laughs) Like it's it's not not even accurate with the way things were back in Europe during that time. It's like distinctly American. So medieval times... I went like when I was in college and you go and it's like a lot of drinking and a lot of you sit around there's like a arena and people do like medieval activities. I don't even remember. There's, yes, that kind like of thing. That, yeah. People are on horses. They're dressed <laughs> up as like, I don't even know what. And so it's just so funny that they're going. It's a place that's really fun for families in addition to young drunk people. Look, we, I mean, it's clear to see I really like Travis, but he is a giant nerd. So this just makes perfect sense to me. But it's not even like it's anything that they're talking about ever existed. (laughs) Or that it's a really good, like, it's not like (laughs) Harry Potter that's, like, 
made up, but it, there's layers yeah. and layers and layers, you know? It's just kind of generic America. This is what we think it must have been like to live during ancient times. And it's like so distinctly American. And I only realized that when this like lovely au pair was asking questions. And I was like, yeah, oh, like no. what is this? And she's kind of like, wait, you guys made the whole thing up? There's a whole Renaissance fair where everyone's she's dressed thinking, up. She's- She's thinking she's getting this, like, authentic historical experience. And it's just like, no, that was just all bullshit, old strange garb. (laughs) It's like, like, my cousins, like, was, like, felt so bad being like, no, this is, like, and she's like, you have such endless resources in this country that you just make up things that never happened. Wow. You know, and it's, it's so funny. USA. <laughs> yeah, and you know Travis, he's a big quote unquote USA fan. Yeah, well, he's not a Trumpian, is he? he? Yeah, he could be. He very much could be. All of yeah. the Dallas people I've, could be. I've looked up who's donated. <laughs> right. It's publicly available. So he's donated, and so has Court, Cameron's husband. Uh, to that tiny so- little man. Somewhat to Trump, but a lot to the Texas Republican Party. I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, it has been a absolute pleasure as always. Kirsty, where can everyone find you and your podcast? So, my podcast, anywhere podcasts live, just search reality TV and me. Um, and on Instagram at reality TV and me, or you can follow my personal one at Kirsten Moore underscore music. I also have a Facebook for reality TV and me. Just search it in your Facebook searchy thingy. Thank you so much. Thank it's been you. Fun. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful birthday and a fabulous year ahead. Well, I'm going to catch up on Real Housewives of New Jersey and I might do a special release on that. So Everyone can keep their eyes peeled for that once I know what is actually going on in the New Jersey universe. Awesome. I'll have a great, great day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And I'm back to recap the first episode of season 10 of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. So Joe Giudici has finished his three-year prison sentence and is faced with the choice to either get deported to Italy and risk never being able to come home again or go to an ICE facility while his case is appealed and he fights. Gia, their oldest daughter, tells her dad that he has to fight the case, that it's his fault that he never applied to become a citizen and they've lost three years with him and she wants him to show how much he cares about her and the family. And it sounds like it's costing Teresa a lot of money. I don't know if she would do it if not for her kids. As Dolores says, she doesn't think that Teresa's so happy with Joe right now. Um, And what broke my heart is that Gia is going to Rutgers University um, next year because in case her dad gets out, she wants to make up for lost time with him. She also said that she wants to study to be a lawyer. News with Dolores is basically the same. She still has the boyfriend, David, but he's shown on our TV screens. Her son, Frank Jr., has become a model because, of course... 
And they all live this big, happy family together with her, Frank, her ex-husband, their son, Frank Jr., who I think is at college but comes home to visit a lot, and her boyfriend, David, who sounds like he gets along really well with Frank, her ex-husband. In fact, Dolores and Frank are working together to build a house for David. So it looks like they're all really happy. I really enjoy this unconventional family. Another sort of unconventional family is Marge, uh, whose um, assistant or the woman who helps run her business, Lexi, had a baby. And so she's having Lexi bring the baby to work with her because she remembers when she started her business and she was able to have her kids around her. And the baby is so cute. And Joe seems to be spending a lot of time with it. Now, Marge Sr., who had been the bookkeeper for the business, apparently isn't very fond of babies and wanted to do something new. So she got a bookkeeping job in New York City has moved out, moved into the city, and seems like she's up late partying with all sorts of younger gentlemen. And let me tell you, I would love to see more of this on my TV screen. Danny Pellegrino mentioned in his podcast this week that he would like to see a sort of spinoff or a second um, New York Housewives that was maybe a couple decades or a generation older than the current Housewives. I feel like we need a New York kind of golden girls, sort of the golden years, a bunch of women in their 70s and 80s who are just living it up. And I really think that Marge Sr. would be the star of that show. Now, the kind of newer news is that during the sort of off season, Jackie and Jennifer, who were at odds last season, became close and their kids even became friends. But that all ended when Jennifer was making fun of Jackie on a video that Teresa posted on Instagram. Jennifer claims that she is some sort of comedian and she's funny and she does impressions of people, but the impression she was doing was around a bunch of people who don't like Jackie, so I don't think it was done in good fun. However, Jackie is literally holding on to this like a dog with a bone. She is not letting it go. And Jennifer, who has gotten a lot of liposuction from her plastic surgeon husband, Bill, is throwing a patient appreciation party for her husband's plastic surgery practice. And Jackie shows up even though she's angry with Jennifer. And most of the drama that happens, the episode, is at this party where there's little fights going on. So there's Jackie and Jennifer, and Jennifer will just not apologize. It's almost like she's unable to apologize for hurting Jackie's feelings. Jackie is not letting it go. Teresa's upset with Jackie for apparently talking about how she's been off with young men. Um, The whole thing is crazy. And then Teresa thinks that Melissa should have stood up for her when a bunch of the women were talking about how Teresa has been seen with a younger man. And let me tell you, I think Melissa did a great job towing the family line that this 25-year-old, who wears a backpack no less, according to March, um, that he is just a friend. I think Teresa just... If she wants no one to talk about her, then she should have never gone on TV. She loves people talking about her. She doesn't like these rumors. I don't know. Does she not like the rumors? If she doesn't want to be seen with a younger guy, then she shouldn't step out with a younger guy. She's still married to her husband. She should just divorce him already and start dating, you know? No one's going to blame her. No one's going to be upset with her. 
I can't wait to see the rest of the season because it sounds like Marge's ponytail gets um, grabbed by someone very violently, so much so that I think she gets whiplash, I heard in an interview. And I can only imagine that it's probably Danielle that did that. And it there's just a lot of drama to come this season. I'm very excited about The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and we'll be recapping it um, from here on out. So I hope you guys all tune in. I hope you're enjoying the season of having four Housewives franchises on at the same time as much as I do. Have a great week. If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Come celebrate Lowe's first annual Spring Fest and give your lawn the look it deserves with five bags of premium mulch for $10 or three 19.3-ounce Bonnie vegetables and herbs for $9. Spring Fest, a festival of fun and savings for your garden and total home, in-store or online. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. Offers valid through 421 while supplies last, in-store only. Selection varies by location, U.S. only, excluding Alaska and Hawaii.